Independent retail business can mean so many things these days. A brick and mortar store, an e-commerce business, a maker's online shop, a booth at an antique mall, and more. No matter which category you're in, Kathy Cruz, a fellow retail business owner and retail educator, will teach you how to market and manage your business efficiently so you can spend time doing other things you love. Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Podcast. Welcome to episode 63 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. Five important tips for retail e-commerce success. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Before I get started, I want to make sure that I mention to stick around to the end because I have something that I want to share and a giveaway to go with it. So that's important to mention first. And then my intention for this episode is to help you optimize your online shop. This means understanding what's going on with your e-commerce store and how you can make it better for both your business and your customers. And this is an episode that I could probably go on for like two hours. This might be a little bit longer than usual, but I think it's really important to talk about these. And if you're using a platform like Shopify, you'll most likely find some of the information I'll be talking about in your dashboard. And it's nice when something like these metrics that I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about some tips and some metrics, but it's nice when you can just log into your dashboard and everything is calculated for you. But I am going to explain some of them too for those of us who have to calculate it on our own. I know retailers use a variety of platforms and not everyone is on Shopify and not everyone should be. So it's important to explain each metric. I want to start off with a shopkeeper shout out. And this one was Tracy, the owner of Relish in Traverse City, Michigan. And it was titled, I'm Hooked. And it says, growing into my eighth year in business, I thought I knew almost all there is to know about my business. I almost never take notes during podcasts. Kathy has me pulling over so often to take a note of something I listen on my drive to and from work that I finally decided listening to her podcast at home would be most beneficial, LOL. I have learned something in every episode and she capitalized every. So thank you to my accountability partner, Tammy at the Red Dresser for pointing me in your direction. Uh, I just want to say to both Tammy and Tracy, thank you. Thank you for Tammy referring Tracy and for both of you listening. I really appreciate it. And Tracy, thank you for being part of our communities too. Okay, so moving on to this episode, I want to preface it by saying that this is probably an episode where you're going to want to take notes. So this is why Tracy's review was so perfect. And why I really had to give her a shout out because I know that some of the episodes I record or many of the episodes I record based off of feedback from all of you does involve taking notes. And that's good because that means I'm giving you some really helpful, valuable information. So this is one that you're going to want to take notes. And if you're like me, maybe you'll give it a listen once in the car and then listen a second time where you actually take notes. I personally, I can acknowledge that I am a slow learner and oftentimes an episode like this or one that I find really valuable, I'll listen to it twice, once for me to digest it and once for me to take notes where I understand it a little bit better and I retain the information better. Okay, so moving on, when the pandemic hit in 2020 and many of us were mandated to close, so many retailers scrambled just to get a website up. And hopefully, many of those also involved setting up an online shop. And online shopping is not going away. If anything, 
customers who probably were never purchased online or didn't feel comfortable shopping online, now they realize how convenient it is. Many of them actually enjoy it. And this revenue stream is going to grow in the coming years for retailers. It's here to stay. First, I want to talk about qualified traffic to websites. Um, This is important because not having qualified traffic can skew some of the numbers in your e-commerce business. And I'm going to explain this. So my sister and I started our blog probably nine years ago. And we really just started it as a DIY blog, helpful tutorials, that kind of thing. We weren't really focused on selling and we definitely weren't focused on selling locally. So we have almost 300 blog posts that span over nine years, at minimum eight years. And the traffic we also used to use pretty frequently was Pinterest. So the traffic we get for those blog posts, I probably would not qualify those as qualified traffic for what our business is now. I did not take the blog posts down But we did shift from the DIY blog to a brick and mortar business. So of course, that means there's a shift in quote unquote, qualified traffic. And because the blog posts are still up and people still read them and find them helpful, a lot of the traffic on our website isn't our most ideal, you know, typical customer now, I guess I could say. So I just want to mention this because in case your numbers might be a little bit skewed when you calculate some of these metrics, that could be a reason why. And I take this into consideration. I don't beat myself up over it. Our blog has been helpful. Um, It offers some really good tutorials. And I just have to keep this in mind when I look at our numbers and when I know the averages or some of the benchmarks that I'm going to share with you today. Okay, so let's get started on the five tips. The first one is know your average order value. It's AOV, ATV, average transaction value. It's called many different things, but just know the average order value. And I want to add that we often know this if you own a brick and mortar store, you probably know this for your store, but you should also know what this is for your online shop, not just for the store. You should know both. And this is just where you take your total revenue, let's say for 2020, you take your total revenue for the year and you divide it by the total number of orders. So that's total revenue from your online shop for 2020 divided by total number of orders for your online shop in 2020. And I'll share one of the reasons why knowing your AOV is really important for your online shop in tip number five. But one way that you can actually increase, so let's say your average order on the website is $55 and you want to work on ways to increase it. You can use, if you use like, for example, WooCommerce or Shopify, you can add plugins or apps to help you do this. And some of the plugins and apps are like upsell apps, cross-sell apps, bundling apps. Another way to increase your average order value is to increase pricing. Just increase pricing overall on all of your products or a category of products. It's pretty simple. Increase pricing. And again, I could go on and on about this, um, but that's the first tip is know your average order value. The second one is to determine your return customer rate. So 
A lot of you will think of your loyalty program when it comes to this. And if you're a maker with only an online shop, for instance, you might have some type of loyalty app placed on your website. And that's great. And for a lot of brick and mortar store owners, we have our loyalty programs in place, maybe for our in-store purchases and our website. Either way, I want to differentiate between what's considered a loyalty or a loyal customer and a returning customer. And this is just a bit of information to know. So a loyal customer is someone most likely who comes in four or more times in a year. And a returning customer is someone who maybe just comes back more than once. And either way, you want to calculate this or use your loyalty program dashboard to understand how many of those customers in a year are actually coming back at least once or coming back as a loyal customer four times or more. And I guess we could probably all, it's, you know, maybe you want to make it three times or more. Maybe you want to set that number yourself. The point here isn't to overwhelm you with which rate to choose. It's more about understanding the value of a returning or loyal customer. These customers will spend more with you over time. And again, the easiest way to know this returning rate is to use programs like a loyalty program. But I just want to mention some averages and benchmarks so you know. So if you use Square Point of Sale, for example, and you use their loyalty program, every month you get an email that actually breaks down what those numbers are for the loyalty program. So 20% in terms like a loyalty program or returning customers is low. And if there's 30 to 40%, that's average. And 50% is actually high or, or really good. And then oftentimes, if you see a return rate that's over 50%, most likely it's like a coffee shop. It's consumable goods or like subscription type businesses where customers come in really regularly buy something. So that, of course, would explain like a a return rate of 50% uh, or more. This episode is brought to you by Flowdesk. Email marketing shouldn't be so hard. That's what I thought for years when I struggled using another software program to design and send emails for my retail store. Then Flowdesk came along. Now it's so easy to design and send beautifully branded emails to our customers that convert into sales. I also use Flowdesk to send the Savvy Shopkeeper newsletter. Flowdesk is a woman-owned company and the software is in beta, which means they're still new and building some features, but personally, I have loved it. If you have an email list of over a thousand or more subscribers and you send emails to your customers pretty regularly, you know the monthly price for email marketing can add up. At this time, Flowdesk is offering unlimited subscribers and unlimited emails for $38 a month. But I have a special offer for you. You can have unlimited subscribers and send unlimited emails for only $19 a month. To get half off the monthly price of $38, yes, that's only $19 a month, visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash Flowdesk for a special link. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash Flowdesk, F-L-O-D-E-S-K. Okay, so the next tip is to calculate your added to cart rate. This is a rate that tells you what percentage of customers are adding items to their carts. This doesn't mean they're checking out. This just means that they're at least starting the process, like something in your online shop tempted them to, you know, entice them to put it into their cart and they're considering shopping with you. 
Again, it's not actually checking out. It's just the number of people who are adding things to their cart. So to calculate this, you'll take the number of sessions where someone adds an item to their cart and you divide it by the total number of sessions. I guess you can say like shopping sessions. So there is an average or a benchmark for this too, and five to 8% is good and probably average. And this is just something good to know. If in the future you have a lot of people that are adding things to their cart but not checking out, one thing that you can do is consider using abandoned cart emails. This is an email that automatically gets sent to your customer. For instance, in our online shop, it's after two hours, this email gets sent to our customers. And it just nudges them to go back to their cart and complete their order. Now, this means they had to at least enter their email address. And a lot of times you'll find abandoned carts that have no information at all. And of course, the email can't be sent to that customer. But if they go beyond adding the item to their cart and they start to add their information, particularly their email address, these emails automatically get sent to them. Again, there are plugins and apps to do this as well. We use WooCommerce and it is an option in the WooCommerce settings. You've probably received these abandoned cart emails yourself and didn't realize they were called abandoned cart emails, um, especially for some of the big box retailers where sometimes you leave, an, uh, leave a cart behind and then they send you an email and sometimes they entice you with like 10% off. Like come back to your cart and get 10% off your purchase. And that's not a bad idea either. So if you want to include that, you could always include a special code to get that person to come back and finish their online order. And this actually leads into tip number four, which is to calculate your conversion rate. And the conversion rate is someone who actually checks out. You converted a customer who visited your online shop into a buyer. Calculate your conversion rate. And all you have to do here is divide the number of orders you get in a given time frame by the total number of people who visited your site and multiply it by 100. And for those of you that hate formulas, I'm going to give you an example. So let's say your site in 2020, you received 100 orders and you had 5,000 visitors. Your, uh, your conversion rate is 2%. And how did I get to that? You took the 100 orders divided by 5,000 visitors and then you multiplied it by 100 to make it a percentage and that's how you get your 2%. And 2% is actually the average, the norm for most online shops. And one thing that I want to mention is when you go to your website dashboard, you normally see in terms of statistics, you will see that there are page views. So, you know, when you visit a website and you might read a person's blog and you read three blog posts and you look at four products, that's seven page views. Or you visit their about page, you visit their contact page, you visit their home page, that's three visits, but you're one visitor. So when you calculate your conversion rate, you want to make sure that you're using the number of visitors, not the total number of times that they view the pages on your website, that you're going to get the wrong conversion rate then. Make sure you're calculating by using the number of visitors. So I can give a really good example for our own store, and part of the reason, it kind of kind of explains um, 
that we don't have the most qualified visitors in terms of our online shop is last year, obviously because of the pandemic, we had way more online orders than we ever did before. And we didn't even hit 1% for a conversion rate. Again, it's because we don't have the most qualified visitors coming to our website. And that's okay. I'm actually pretty happy that it was almost 1%. That's pretty good considering, considering the number of views and visitors we get on our website. I think we have around 150,000 views a year and 42,000 visitors. So I'm good with 1%. I was actually pleasantly surprised with that. But I want to give you some benchmarks, some averages on what you should be looking for for your own online shop and what's the average. So if your average order value is $500, and that's super high end, But if your average order value on your website is $500 or more, then you should expect a conversion rate of less than 1%. Not expect, but that's the average. Hopefully it's more for you. If your average order value is around $200, then the typical conversion rate is 1%. And then if your average order value is less than $100, the average conversion rate is 2%. And if you're converting at 3% or more, that's actually really good. Pat yourself on the back. And if you're hitting double-digit conversion rates, this is most likely because you've nailed the concept of qualified traffic and you're doing some incredible marketing and you know your customer really well and you're bringing them to your website. So I went ahead and looked. I mean, I know that last year we were almost at the 1% conversion rate, and I understand why. And I actually went into our dashboard because of this episode, and I looked. And so far this year, for the first two months of the year, we're actually at 2%. That's really good. And things are improving. But I want to add that part of it is I'm actually paying more attention to this particular stream of revenue, our online shop. And that means understanding the things that I'm talking about in this episode and me taking action to make improvements to our site and our online shopping experience, which I kind of covered in a couple episodes ago when I said I was having like a season in life and it was because I was really focusing on my own store. So for example, one of the things that I did on our website is I took blog posts off of our homepage. If blogging isn't a priority, if it isn't happening regularly, If it isn't really important to my business model now, it shouldn't be on the homepage. So I actually took it off. There's still a link to it if people want to look at blog posts, but I took it off as a feature on the homepage. I cleaned up some things in WooCommerce and added some more functions, um, added some more like keep shopping buttons and things, things that would make it easier for the customer to kind of go back and forth and to continue shopping with us. So all of those little things make a difference in your online shop. And that's what I've done. And I really think that's why we're at the 2% mark now. Um, We also added shoppable tagging in our Instagram and Facebook posts. That's making a big difference too. This episode is brought to you by Gusto. Gusto is a payroll software system for small businesses that makes it easy to add new hires, calculate and withhold taxes, process payroll for employees and contractors, and stay compliant. Even better, Gusto is affordable for small retail business owners. If you're looking to hire and you're overwhelmed by what to withdraw, how to calculate it, what paperwork you need to file, 
Gusto makes it really easy to manage payroll. The system does it all for you. If you want more like time tracking, workers' compensation benefits, or other benefits for employees, Gusto offers those services too. We all learned in 2020 the value of payroll employees versus subcontractor employees, particularly when we applied for federal assistance programs or local and national grants. If you know it's time to build a team of payroll employees or you're frustrated with your current payroll provider and you want to try Gusto for one month free, visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash Gusto for a special link. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash Gusto, G-U-S-T-O. And then the one thing that I just want to mention is don't look at your conversion rate on a daily basis. That can be deceiving and sometimes disheartening. You want to look at your conversion rate over a long period of time. So I just, you know, did two months for this year. And of course, I looked at all of 2020. But I always say that the data, the data really helps me. And I'll talk about this in a minute too. And then the fifth tip is to know your free shipping threshold. This is gold right here. So recently I've had multiple conversations with one-on-one clients where our conversation leads us to me making this point that business is math. And I don't by any means mean to minimize the human connection or our emotions around our business. But if you want to run a business really well, it's just math. That's really it. Yes, of course, treat your customers really well, love on them and do all the things that make your business unique. But when you put your CEO outfit on, it's math. And this is a great example. This actual tip number five, I don't want you to set your shipping, your free shipping threshold blindly because it's math. So let me explain this. You're going to take your average order value and increase it by 15%. That's the math. Take your average order value and increase it by 15%. So of course I have an example. If you're a an apparel store or a gift shop and your average order is $55, you'll want your free shipping threshold to be around 64 bucks. If your average order is $30, you're going to add 15% to that and you'll want your free sh- free shipping threshold to be $35. And then once that starts to do really well, of course, wait a few months, see how that's converting, see if it's nudging people to actually add some other things to their cart so they can get the free shipping. Once that does well, you might want to go even higher to like 20 to 25%. Knowing what your average order value is, is a great example of how to use that information with the free shipping. Because now you know if you want to offer free shipping and not eat the price of the free shipping, you want to nudge your customers to spend a little bit more than what they usually spend. And then one last tip in terms of making or optimizing your online store is to add multiple ways to pay. And I guess this would be six tips, but this was like a bonus tip. And what I mean by this is uh, through our uh, online shop, people can check out through Square, which is our point of sale system. But since the beginning, we've also offered them a way to to check out with PayPal. And then we recently added Apple Pay and Google Wallet. 
But I know that going back historically and looking at our online sales, that at least half of our customers use PayPal. So the more ways to pay, at least for your customers, the better. I often think that if we didn't have PayPal in place, how many orders would we have lost? And now that we have Apple Pay, which I can't believe I waited this long to add, now that we have Apple Pay and I think it's Google Wallet, you know, I'm looking forward to see how much better our um, conversion rate is because of that. So again, all of these little things really, really count. So to summarize, one, you should know your average order value for both in-store and online orders. Two, you should also know the return or loyal rate of your customer. Again, if you have a brick and mortar, you should know the rate for both online and in-store. Three, once you get them to the shop, how many are actually adding items to their cart? How many people are actually adding items to their cart? What's that rate? And then number four, once they're adding to their cart, how good of a job is your website doing to get them to convert? to get them to convert into actual sales and orders. And then number five, now that you know your average order value, it's easy to set the benchmark for free shipping. You set this at a dollar value that nudges your customers to spend more than the typical average order value. And this is strategic and should be, it really should be in order for you to cover the cost of shipping without eating the price, the price of the shipping yourself as a business owner. So when you understand that you have to pay attention to both the in-store and online experience for your customers, you'll start to think of ways to get them to come back. And this is natural for brick and mortar store owners who pride themselves on giving their customers really good in-store experiences or customer service in their stores. Like that just, it usually feels really natural in person for most of us. And we take a lot of pride in that. Now as retailers, especially because of this pandemic and because of how much it's changed the online world, we need to start thinking this way for our online shopping experience too. And it's something I'm personally working on this year for my own store. And I'm sure you can tell just by the past few episodes. Okay, so before I wrap up, and I mentioned this at the beginning, I wanted—I want to share that I want your feedback. On occasion, and it feels like it's been a while since I've done this, I like to publish a survey because I want to know how to best serve shopkeepers. I want to know how to serve all of you. So the 2021 Savvy Shopkeeper survey is now open. And if you just take five minutes to complete it, I tried to add as many multiple choice questions and some optional questions so you don't feel obligated to answer them all. I tried to make it as simple as possible with just a few open-ended questions. But if you go ahead and complete the survey and you want to share your email address, you'll get entered into a drawing where I'm going to give away a one-hour coaching call to two winners. And a one-hour coaching call right now is valued at $200. So if you're interested in entering the giveaway, you'll add your email address. And if you're just interested in providing me feedback and some suggestions in completing the survey because you know it will be helpful to me, I would really appreciate it. Whether you enter your email address or enter the giveaway or not is completely up to you. So we'll have the survey linked right in the podcast description. 
and in the show notes for episode 63 on my website. And the survey is going to be open, I think, for about 10 days. It will be open until Friday, March 19th, 2021 at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Just want to mention it again. So that way you'll most likely listen to two podcast episodes and then the survey will close. So the survey is open till Friday, March 19th. 2021 at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It will close at that time. And of course, we'll share the link. It's a Google form. Um, If you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, you can visit my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 63. And if you take the few minutes to complete the survey, I really, really appreciate it. This is a really big help to me and it helps me serve all of you better. Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up.